I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Listen here, on the way, I am the ghost of Millwall, past the plate, 442, you carried crouching rug, otherwise I will sense Terry and the ground to feed you your testes. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Hola, Millwall fans all around the world. Well, it might be a grim, grey, rainy Sunday in London. In our hearts, we're sunning ourselves on Rotherhithe Beach. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Forgive me, listeners. Today's show has been made possible by Night Nurse, Nemsip Flu Medication, and possibly even the the man from Del Monte. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Nick Hart, and you are listening to Achtung Mill, 
which recently won the award for Best Mill Focus Fanzine Podcast Award for 2014. This courtesy of the Zampa Road Hot Dog Sellers Association. Gentlemen, we are honoured. Today's show features an excellent match review from the Valley yesterday by our mobile reporter, Stuza, followed by Charlie Mahoney and myself chewing over the card from yesterday's match. Ladies and gentlemen, Achtung Mill is the house podcast of CBL magazine. Why not support your favourite Mill podcast by picking up one of our Mill t-shirts, which can be found over at cblthemag.spreadshirts.co.uk. That's cblthemag, or one word, .spreadshirt, S-P-R-E-A-D-S-H-I-R-T.co.uk. Christmas is coming, and there's some ideal stocking fillers on there, believe me. So, in the words of Wigan chairman Dave Whelan, my life, enough already. Here's Stooza. So just about to set off for Charlton. Uh, looking forward to it, but not maybe as much as I normally am. Got a feeling they might... Uh, Overturn the duck. And oh, now, what am I saying? Fuck it, it's Cholton. Quarter beam. Good to see that it's a nice wet day, so uh, the boggy marshes of the valley will be up to their usual standard, I'm sure. be nice to see if they've uh, managed to invest in a fork or two before we get there today. going to take us through the lineup. It's a uh, forwarding goal, Dunn right back, Malone left back, Webster's and Beaver centre backs, midfield three, Upson, Williams, McDonald, Wolford and Martin out wide and Gregory up top. Thank you Mark, our beautiful blonde correspondent. Uh, as always the weather's shit here and they're forking the pitch so they have invested in some pitch forks so uh, hopefully it won't be as bogged down as it has been previously. The teams are out. We're about to get going here. Uh, As you can hear, plenty of noise. Let's see what the game brings. prediction that Wolford will score as well. The uh, drummer's being asked if he'd politely like to stick his drum up his arsehole. First half time here. Uh, not a great game. Um, 
we've played quite well. We look quite dynamic with the lineup we've got. Uh, I think we were all quite looking forward to seeing these, this group of players together. So we've Upson and Williams in midfield and the two wide players in Walford and Martin. Um, and then Gregory up front on his own with maybe Fuller coming on late on in the game as an impact sub but it looks a lot more dynamic for me going forward like we've got a bit more about us um, it looks a pacier team I'd say with that group of players as well um, Webster has been slightly shaky at times at the back but generally him and Beavers have done well um, Dunn is probably the main concern from the first half he's been torn anew Arsehole uh, a couple of times by the uh, Charlton player cousins um, down our right hand side, but not much to speak of really in terms of chances. <laughs> we had a couple of um, couple of chances, one good free kick set up, played in from the edge of the box to the far right uh, to the 18 yard box where I think it was Upson who hit it. Um, and the keeper made, well, no, it was blocked before it got to the keeper. Um, other than that, they've had a few chances, but nothing clear-cut. Vetter Kelly doesn't look like he's getting the chances he needs, which is good. Um, although they do look quite dangerous and pacey when they go forward as well. So. Um, yeah, not a great first half. Uh, quite hopeful though that if anyone's going to come out in the second half and take it I'd say we look potentially the more likely at this stage with the chances and play we've had uh, the only thing, other thing I'd say is that uh, we've all said we're playing some quite good football going up to the halfway line so some good uh, triangle passes and playing it between the, the back players as soon as we get to the halfway line it seems to be the usual diagonal ball forward I know Nick and I spoke about this the other week um, yeah, lots of diagonal balls, balls up in the air, not really playing it around, um, letting the passing game go a bit. So we'll see how we go in the second half. Um, if you've heard me yelping or, you know, laughing while I've been saying this, it's because uh, my two colleagues are busy grabbing my nuts and calling me gay because um, they want to interrupt the recording. So... Um, I can't do live updates because I feel like too much of a bell end talking to my phone all the time. So I will do another update at the end of the match, uh, hopefully when we've secured the three points. So back now after the game, uh, it wasn't, still wasn't the best game even after the second half. I think the second half picked up a bit um, much more goal mouth action. Well, goal mouth's probably a bit too far, but but there was much more attacking. Uh, threat from both teams I think in the second half um, same as first half I think we should have or we were the most likely to come away and win it uh, based on possession chances pressure um, Cholton most definitely should have snatched it at the end when they had a one on one uh, with the keeper um, I think it was Dunn that cleared it off the line uh, which for me made up for a bit of a poor performance from Dunn uh, but I've seen somebody say online, and I, I quite agree with it, that he did seem to be pulling infield um, as if he wasn't playing true right back. He was actually coming, drifting in from uh, the wing and coming into a more central position as, it, as if he was playing centre back. Um, bit of a strange one, and they did have some pace down that wing, so we needed somebody out there full time. But so yeah, maybe it wasn't all Dunn's fault, but not a great game from him, I didn't think. Uh, 
in terms of the rest of the team, the other player I didn't think had a great game was Walford. Uh, looked out of sorts, off the pace. Uh, seemed to give the ball away quite a bit. And, yeah, just didn't seem at the races today for me. Um, couldn't really pick anyone else out as not having a good game. I, I thought generally the team played quite well. I quite like Beavers and Webster at the back. Um, I've always liked Malone, but it was good to see him back in the team. I think he did well for us. Yes, he can be frustrating, loses the ball sometimes when he's going forward, but he does get forward and he does provide us another attacking threat down the left-hand side. So, uh, Midfield, um, that's the midfield I'd like to see more often, I think. I'm not that I'd, I bet we won't with Holloway, but uh, that's the, the midfield I'd like to see with Upson and Williams both out there um, with the two wide players as well. And then McDonald just sitting in behind the the front man. I almost said front two, but that, that's a bit of a Freudian slip because that's what I'd like to see us play. And I think that was the biggest thing about today. I know it was away from home. I know Cholton are doing slightly better than us this year, but I would have liked to have seen us play two up top from the start. Um, Lee Gregory, for me, just looked isolated. So I'd, I'd actually rate Gregory. I think he's got a lot of potential, um, but I think we've got a let him play in the way he wants well, not even in the way he wants to play but we've got to let him have a chance and, and feed off the support of a second striker um, I think that's what Gregory needs I think he's doing a lot of good things but uh, those good things are getting lost because it's just such a tough job playing up front on your own um, when he come off I think he looks quite confused by the decision uh, and there were a few boos in the middle end I think most people would have liked to have seen him stay on today so I think that was Holloway's biggest mistake today uh, was probably taking him off uh, and going two up front with Easter and Fuller I would have liked to have seen Gregory stay on with one of the two and get some time up front with an, a, a strike partner uh, Holloway's other big mistake for me was playing one up front from from the off although we, we did look okay at times so um, as for Cholton, Veta Kelly, I think was quite disappointing. The team as a whole were fucking diving all over the place. Like, just wouldn't stay on their feet. Um, don't know if it's Big Bad Bob's uh, continental influence or what, but um, constantly looking for fouls, constantly going down like they were shot. At one point there, um, bloke that had on the left wing got kicked in the shins and went down holding his face. Um, but the ref went for it most of the time as well. I'd, the ref stopped the game at one point because Veta Kelly was uh, hurt, had hurt his shins. Um, I thought refs only stopped the game when it was a head injury, but there you go. Learn something new every day. Um, the ref even stopped the game at one point for an injured Cholton player who was still standing on his feet in the centre circle. Um, and he could have easily walked his own way over to the uh, touchline to get seen to, but so yeah, the ref, I don't think was was that great, but certainly didn't affect the game. I don't think he wasn't uh, that involved to to affect the game. Uh, the only other thing I'd say is about the crowds. Uh, we oh, we were, probably were a bit quieter by our standards for a Cholton away game. Um, some of the singing was sporadic, but uh, certainly where I was standing, I didn't think it was that bad. And compared to the Cholton fans, I thought we were. Far and away the noisiest uh, group. 
But then as we were walking out, we started singing some songs and a Charlton fan turned around to us and said, that's the loudest you've been all day. Uh, and I've come home and looked on Facebook and there's more comments from uh, Charlton. I won't call them friends, but people I know who support Charlton on Facebook saying how quiet we were as well, which I was quite surprised about. So, um, as I've said to them on Facebook, far rather that the uh, singing that we did do rather than the fucking infernal noise of that drum banging over and over again. Uh, and I don't know why I even have a drum. If people sang along to it, then I could understand it a bit more. But they don't even sing songs in time with a the drum. There's just a man banging a drum. It's fucking bizarre. Um, and as I said to them, even the fans near us didn't seem to be able to get that excited about the fact they were playing a local derby. So, uh, as usual, far rather be a Millwall fan than uh, the uh, beige experience, as I called it, following Charlton. But it seems that they weren't too impressed with our support today. The feeling is most definitely mutual. Um, where do we go from here? A lot of people are talking about relegation and the fact we're in trouble we're in a group of eight who are going to have to fight out of it now and I know Mark who I was with at the game said the same he, think he worries that we might go down this year um, and my response was that I don't think we're in trouble I just if Cholton are one of the teams who are up there then we today showed that we are a match for them at least and probably slightly outplayed them today so in terms of ability, I don't think we've got a problem. Uh, the problem I see for me is Holloway's tactics, and it's unfortunate we'll be, we should be talking about the manager again when we had such high hopes for him, but I, I just don't think we're going to win games with one up front. Um, people are still saying we need a striker. We probably could all, always do with a goal-scoring striker, but there ain't no point buying in a goal-scoring striker if he's only going to play one of them up front. We need to play two up front. We need to go for more goals uh, because that's the only way we're going to win games. We are not going to win games by playing one man up top. So that would be my main criticism of the day, I think. A uh, bit boring for me, obviously. Still not drinking, fighting next week. So uh, rather than get absolutely slaughtered, which is a bit of a Cholton tradition, I... Had a few soda and limes and, uh, yeah, took it easy today. So, um, sum up, like I say, not a great game. We probably should have won it based on pressure and chances, but we were lucky to get away with a one-on-one -on -one in the end. Um, see what the next few weeks brings. I don't hold out much hope for Bournemouth and I think it's Middlesbrough we got, but we'll see where we go. I just, it'd be interesting to see what uh, Holloway does in terms of selection. Um, if he keeps playing the one up front, I think we uh, could be looking at a long, hard season. If he switches to two, then I think we've got players uh, in the team who could actually do a job for us and make sure we're safe quite early on in the season. But uh, That's it from me. I'll see you later. Thank you for calling Optum No Wall. Leave your Millwall messages at 02-08-14-40-2-3-2. Good, good, good evening, XM Millwall. Um, Nigel, the, the, the line calling for, for, for following a, a short absent, it, it must be said. Um, uh, went, went, went to the Valley today, see the game. Um, these these Charlton Anoraks, they're never going to fucking beat us any time soon in, in, my, in my lifetime, are they?
no worries there. Um, there was a bit of concern towards the end with the, the chance that Takudin had when he got through on, on goal, but, but he, he, he fluffed it, didn't he? Um, uh, but some good, good, good defending by, by, by Webster and, and Dunn to get it clear anyway. Um, but apart from that, not too much to say about the game other than uh, another clean sheet, I suppose, um, and, and, and another point. I must, must tell you about an instant before, before the game, though. I was in a pub in Woolwich uh, full of Charlton fans. Now, I obviously stand out as a Millwall fan. Well, well, um, I just, just look like a, 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 a bit of a geezer. Um, I, I went to the toilet uh, and was, was, was following by what must have been three of Charlton's top boys. Um, the, the spokesman of the three said, What are you doing in here, Millwall? This is our manor and we're the fathers round here. I, I, I replied, well, no, I said, No, I'm a fan of the work of uh, Ray, Ray Winstone despite him being a, a, a West Ham cunt, and I think you must mean, from the film Scum, we're the, the, the daddies. With that, one of the others, who had obviously seen the film Scum I referred to, uh, hit me round the head with what I can only describe as a tennis sock containing two ping-pong balls. Fortunately, the, the ping-pong balls just, just rebounded off, off my bumps. Um The three of them then stared at me, I stared back at them, they stared at me, I stared back at them, they stared at me again, I carried on staring back, and I thought I'd stop crowing at them, I went like this, with that, and unsurprisingly, they absolutely shit themselves and melted, and left it out the uh, the pub toilet, and indeed the pub itself, leaving me to get on with my uh, urination. Um, so that was the end of that altercation. Anyway, uh, that's all I've got, got to say this week. Uh, at Sung Millwall, nice, nice to be back. Uh, nice to be back um, talking to you in this one-way conversation. Um, speak to you again soon. Nigel signing off. Cheerio. All right, welcome back to the show, and a big, big welcome to Charlie Mahoney. Been a few weeks, Charlie. Welcome back, mate. Yeah, good to be back, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, well, I, I actually didn't make today's game as, as we were just talking before we started recording, listeners. I, I've gone down with um, a variation of, um, I think it's like an Ebola virus. It's um, I, I, The damp conditions of Charlton today didn't really agree with my... my, uh, my it was injurious to my health, so I had to watch it on a, on a, a live stream. But you managed to get down there, Charlie, didn't you? You went to the game today. Yeah, it's, it was, again, I said to you before as well, it's always a bit flat when we go over to Cholton for me. I said that they don't really sort of warrant our rivalry and it's just, you know, it's never a great atmosphere over there. They don't make any fucking noise. No. And uh, today was was just another example of that, really. Um, they were, I could tell they were desperate to beat us, but it still didn't really resonate in the, the noise around the, the stadium, to be honest. No, it's, it's like the desperation of the silly kids at school that desperately want to win something, whether it be Connect Four. I mean, God forbid it might be football, but if you can get Monopoly out, a game of Monopoly out of it where they might win something, it's a bit like that kind of desperation. Exactly, and, and to put it into perspective, uh, the last time Charlton actually beat us... 
Uh, Tupac Shakur was still alive. People <laughs> still liked Tony Blair. And I think Take That were number one with a cover version of How Deep Is Your Love. So It's ancient history. It's ancient history, yeah. Charlie. No, it was, it was, I was watching it on the live feed. Um, um, people on, online posted up the link and I managed to get, get some sight of the live coverage. But no, the, the empty seats struck me. I know it was a wet day. Pitch looked very heavy and um, that didn't help some of the football at times. But, you know, it, it just struck me, at the, especially at the, uh, the Charlton end, there's quite a lot of empty spaces down there. Yeah, it wasn't a great turn up from them. Um, I was right at the very back of the away end, actually, so um, you could get a decent perspective of the ground. And, yeah, they just... I think they were on the crest of a wave when they was in the top flight, and I just think they lost a massive amount of supporters when they went down, really. Yeah, I think don't think the Premier League does you any good. I mean, there's another subject... Not for today's show particularly, but I think they certainly have been premierised, haven't they? And they've, you know, the ones that remain are the kind of um, the flotsam and jetsam of the Premier League days, plus a few old school hardcore that still, you know, would be there come what may. Uh, I mean, one thing that struck me about Cholton today was the, um, it, it just looked very, very drab. I mean, it always looks drab over there to me. I don't, I don't know, I'm not saying Millwall's exactly, um, you know, the kind of garden of earthly delights, but it, 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 Cholton always looks like a dreary place to me. And watching it on on the stream today, it just looked damp, dank, quiet, apart from the Millwall end. And just not a venue for football, really. It's just it's a really odd place, I find. Usually comes across in the game itself as well. I can't really remember the time when I've ever gone to the Valley and seen a sort of fluent, attractive footballing game. It's always been very uh, scrappy, even... When we went over there and drew four wall, it was, you know, not a lot of possession, just people making mistakes, teams trying to hit each other on the counter. It just seems like a really weird occasion whenever we played them, actually. No, they had um, some of their disabled supporters. Um, don't, don't poke fun at the disabled at all, but it did amuse me. They had them in kind of like body bagged things because it was in the rain, so they sat down near the front, and they got a bunch of these these um, wheelchair bound pe- uh, people in body bags. It looked for all the world like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the nineteen seventies film Soylent Green when they're using dead bodies <laughs> to make food, and they looked like they were lined up ready for the going to the Soylent Green factory over there. Um, and that's what I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> I, I, listeners, I'm a bit delirious. I am suffering with um, <laughs> a variation of Charlton Ebola virus, so I forgive, yeah. forgive me for any, any inappropriateness there. Um, no, funny first half. I'm mean, not caught it from about. There's a sequence of about three corners in succession, Charlie. That's when I managed to, you know, log on. Um, I thought we largely controlled the first half, really. Yeah, we did. We started quite well. I think throughout the game, there was this sense that we were putting a few good passes together and then not actually doing anything quite productive enough with it but I think we were expecting a little bit of a different proposition from Charlton this time around because of how relatively well they've done in the league and it just didn't really come across at all No, I mean what I would say in, in uh, not exactly brief for, for Charlton here but they, they moved the ball about they moved, seemed to find their wide men in space quite a bit they they had no um, attacking penetration in front of goal but they moved, they passed the ball around well if, if that makes sense they moved it wide and they seemed to get men into dangerous looking positions without ever actually threatening any real danger in front of the Millwall goal. Yeah, I think their two wingers had a decent game today, actually. I think Dunn and Malone were kind of found out a little bit. Mm. Uh, 
done because we know his limitations and Malone because he actually showed a bit of intent today and wanted to get forward quite a lot. Oh, it's great to see the return of Scott Malone. That's one of the things I marked on my notes here. I mean, he, he does bring an extra dimension to Mill's forward play. Um, and I think we've missed him. I mean, Matthew Briggs, I, I, I don't think is as bad as many are making out in the den, but it's great to see Scott Malone come back, Charlie, isn't it? I think so, and I think it's about time we had a fullback with that sort of intent, to be honest. I think we had some of it with Edwards being in the side prior to his injury, but uh, we, we need that marauding sense. I think that's people what that's what people want to see down there, really. They want to see a little bit of ambition, a little bit of... Uh, Excitement and, and risk, really. For sure. I mean, I, I was just looking at the the Mill starting lineup as you're talking there, and I, that's probably as good a starting eleven as we're going to get together, given the current state of you know the injury um, room and and the players available to us. You know, folding goal, Dunn, Webster, Beavers, and Malone in defence. Williams and Upson in front of the defence. I mean, Upson didn't do anything major today, but I always like to start Ed Upson, Charlie, um, and then Martin McDonald, Wolford. With Gregory up front, that's probably as good as it gets for us, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think you look balanced today. That was the impression I got when I saw the starting lineup. But I think there were certainly some imperfections there, but I don't think we were lacking in any department majorly on paper. Now, in the actual context of the game, I think maybe the, the front line could have been a bit better, but we know that's what we've got available at the club and that's what we have to make do with. Yeah, I mean we'll come on later to um, you know to the impending uh, loan market moves and, and uh, you know the, the transfer window and all the rest of it. Um, but certainly, you know, as as things stand, I don't think we're going to name a better starting eleven than that. You could talk about the bench, but um, that, that's pretty good starting lineup, I thought. Um, half time nil nil, and I thought it was a fair a fair state of play really on on the balance of that first half. Yeah, absolutely. I was really determined for us to get through to half time at nil-nil when it might have given us a chance to regroup and try something different maybe and you know second half I would say Cholton probably came out quite well to be honest and stopped with a little bit of intent themselves but even then they they penetrated without actually testing forward so I think we deserve a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, one of my notes, I mean, I've got an entertaining game written in the second half. I thought the second half was genuinely entertaining as, a, as, a, as a, an onlooker. Yeah. Um, and I thought that Cholton, again, started you know, probably the more brightly of the two sides. But we finished really well. And that final 10 minutes, I thought there's only one team that's going to get a goal, and that was Millwall. Um, and that, I, I've got to say, we've got to take our hat off to the squad because that was a nasty day to be playing football out there. And to maintain that stamina going into the last 10 and look strong looking like we'd want to score and get a goal, I think was um, you know was a real tribute. Yeah, I was really happy with how we finished the game. Quite surprised how uh, Charlton just seemed to fade out of it. But I think we finished on a strong note. And while I never got the sense that, yeah, we're going to nick it here, I think uh, we, we showed that we can actually play against decent sides in this division and that, and that we can go away from home and, and grind out a result if we need to. We can certainly contain well, and that's what we did today. Um, I've still got question marks over this kind of endless diagonal ball out that we've got from defence. You know, the one that we're either trying to find Gregory as almost... Um, he's not quite a target man, but he's not quite a nimble forward running onto balls. It's, it's kind of some murky neverworld between those two passes. And the other more often one is we're trying to find Lee Martin with the, the, the kind of opposite diagonal ball. I just find that a little bit of a predictable tactic. And a number of times we seem to give the ball back today, straight back to Charles. 
it just got a little bit tedious at times. That's the, my my major criticism of Holloway's tactics as they stand at the moment. I agree with that actually, and I think Charlton actually set themselves up to approach that because they were quite content at times for us to make a, three or four passes and just sort of expect us to fuck up somewhere and then try and hit us on the counter. And I think when the opposition is actually quite aware of the fact that you haven't got the ability to pass it around all day, then that is cause for concern. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a curious tactic in some ways because it is, you know, equally, I'm, I'm knocking it because I find it a slight um, cul-de-sac of, in, in football terms, but then we were getting quite a few knockdowns, what you might call the second ball as the ball's landing. It's falling to middle players on, on the rebound almost. Um, so I suppose that would be Ian Holloway's um, reply and riposte that if we're picking up possession from there onwards, then it's a valid tactic. It, I, I just can't see it as, as any kind of long-term um, style. We've got to mix it up more than what we what we did today. And when we do mix it up, we pass the ball very, very well, especially as we saw in the last ten. No, definitely. We, we, we finished that game on a very strong note. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily a cause to celebrate, but I think I went away from the game quite positive to be honest I think uh, we've been quite critical of the team at points in this season but we have managed to go and get results at places that we need to I mean if we'd lost today it would have been really worrying and just avoiding defeat especially in a game of that nature I think was a real plus One, I uh, just want to give a word of praise to the referee we're, we're quick enough to slaughter referees on, on these shows and, and around the support generally with, with good reason many many times but I don't know how you felt about today's ref Charlie but I thought he did a good job in, in quite difficult circumstances he let a lot go didn't he he let a lot go he did and I think even though he made poor decisions I don't think he ever made ones that put the spotlight on him as such because you know they say that a good referee is one that you're not noticing all the time and I think yeah he went about it in a relatively decent way which is always important in the derby match of course because they come can become a bit fractious, can't they? They can, especially where you know you're sliding into tackles. The surface was was was, um, I suppose, greasy or whatever you want to call it. Ball seemed to kind of stick in places on on that pitch. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought he let play run where almost ninety percent of the time, and in any other game, we'd we'd see the referee blow up and and stop the match. And it was actually quite nice to see for once a game that flowed. And yeah. that's what made it entertaining as a, as a TV viewer this afternoon. Um, so fair play to him. I, I know that Ian Holloway mentioned that after. I'm just looking at some of the quotes that Holloway's come out with after the game. He said it was a good game between two good teams. Um, it was it was a good second half. I don't know about the two good teams particularly. I, I think we're we're an average side, and I don't think you can say much else for Charlton really. Um, I, I can't put them into the good the good, uh, the good team category, Charlie. Can you? I, I wasn't impressed. No. Yeah, actually, but by the same token, I think if that's the thin margin between us and them, who were only two points off the playoffs at the start of the day, then maybe we've got calls not to worry too much. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're right, just looking at the table here. I mean, we, we obviously are one point away from the relegation zone, um, although we've got three teams below us before we reach Rotherham in the 22nd position but if you look upwards instead of downwards we're not that far off the pace are we only only 11 points all right but that's that you know that, that can be um ironed out in, in a few uh, wins you know so we, we're not that dire aside we're not that brilliant but we're not that bad either I think that's probably the you know the, the kind of uh, the, the best summary we can give 
One one item that did make me laugh I saw on the House of Fun is um, a guy called Edster who posts on there. He's, he's compared the, today's game with his, his bedroom performance with his missus. Um, lots of nice little touches, but no penetration. I, I, I get a sense that Edster's playing out a kind of a private hell online on a, on a football forum. Not the wisest of venues for that kind of talk. But, that's, but I make him right. We, we do lack that spark, don't we, in front of goal. I admire his honesty as well. Brutal, brutal honesty. I don't know what Mrs. Edster will make of that and broadcast no. over the Millwall world, but and now, and now to the Globe via the medium of Acton Millwall. Hey-ho, there we go. But, yeah, nil-nil in the finish. I mean, there was a, a deathly chance right on the stroke of the 90-plus fifth minute. Um, I don't know how much of a view you got of it, Charlie, but um, that was a massive chance for Charlton right at the very end there to, to, to nick the points. I, I was certain that they were going to win the game there it just seemed to be scripted how long they had to actually beat us and the fact that they didn't really deserve it, it just would have been typical really for them to go through and score at that point of the game but we actually celebrated it as if we'd scored ourselves to be honest <laughs> with them. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a, a nailed on. I mean, it, the ball seemed to fall to their striker on the, the kind of left hand side of the goal, and I think I think it was, um, Ford pushed it round the post, or it, it, it was or was it Webster scrambled it round the post? I know it, I know it was came off the line almost, and I thought that if it's going to go in, it's going to go in there, and then the corner came to nothing afterwards. So that was that. Um, but I must admit that was a heart in mouth moment for me. I thought that was going to be the game up and uh, three very undeserved points for the Valiants, you know. I would say it was a fair result, to be honest. I think um, you mentioned Holloway saying it was a contest between two good teams. I would say it was a entertaining contest at points between two very average-looking teams today. Agree entirely, mate. Agree entirely. I mean, um, Holloway was was making some warm noises towards Bob Peters before the game and, and indeed after the game. He's he said what a great job he's doing at, at Charlton. Um, I find Peters a, an odd an odd looking man. He's he, he always looks like he's is in a permanent hangover somehow. It's like it looks like he's, he's forever lives the next morning after you've caned it the night before and you've kind of woken up. You haven't got a tie and you know you've got a vest a, a t shirt underneath a shirt because you couldn't. You always the first thing you reached in a wardrobe um, but that said he seems to he seems to be building a side that wants to play their football at Charlton but I'm kind of glad that we've got Holloway for all of his flaws and all of our endless kind of quibbles over him I, I wouldn't want Bob Peters in charge of us by any means certainly not us because to be honest I thought he was a useless cunt when he was a player at me that was the that was the expression I was searching for yeah uh, <laughs> useless cunt that's right it I was one person actually remarked earlier as well that they saw him jump and run about a bit faster on the sideline today than they did at any point he spent at the club so <laughs> oh dear poor old Bob but I think he's, you know, I think he's quite a clever man. He's certainly extracted good enough wages out of Millwall for doing very little in his time, so he can't be that stupid. A um, lot of Belgian, a lot of foreign players at Charlton at the moment. Um, I, I, I'm quite glad that our club still looks and feels a little bit like Millwall. You know, an influx of totally continental players, a bit like what Watford are doing, always feels a little bit false and a little bit plastic to me. It's, uh, it's the compromise you make, isn't it, I think? I mean, there is that quick-fix solution there to 
be a bit more of a threat in the league by you know spending that sort of money on foreign players with foreign ownership. But really, is that the message you want to be sending to your long-term support group? I don't know, really. I mean, the message I'd like to be sending to our, our, our youngsters is that they've got a place on the bench. Now, that's something that we couldn't really say today because um, I don't think they were all old legs on the bench today, which might maybe for a, a London derby was um, you know, the, the percentage option. But it'd be nice to see some of the under-21s featuring at least coming off the bench increasingly, Charlie. I mean, we, Craig and I made this point in a previous show, but um, there must be a place for them soon in the first-team group, mustn't there? We can't keep on with this endless kind of um, idea that there's always a, a more experienced alternative. We've got to start bringing these kids through, otherwise they're never going to mature. I think the recent disappointment for me has been the, the likes of Jack Powell just seeming to be out of favour. I, I don't think that's any message to send to a young player because they can only have so much impact anyway. So if you put them in the fold at one point, you should never really take them away from it uh, for a prolonged period of time anyway. It sends the wrong kind of message to them. Yeah, agree entirely. Um, but there we are. Um, Holloway will always reply that he's got to be judged on his results, and that wasn't a bad result. We would have taken that at the start of proceedings today. So um, a nil-nil draw in, in the uh, in the cauldron that is the valley is always a, a good result. Um, and onwards to Bournemouth next week. I think that's going to be a difficult game as well. So Absolutely, you know yeah. that what we've got to get whatever we can wherever we can. So um, well done to the team today. Just reading through some of the Millwall news for the week here, Charlie. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've mentioned the welcome return already of, of Scott Malone. Um, news at Den's reporting that both Crystal Palace and Cardiff are keeping tabs on Scott Malone. Um, I think he's one of the... There's a monster number of players out of contract at the end of the summer. Um, so I guess um, if the club are looking to cash in on Scott Malone, um, the, the impending transfer window is a time to do it, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think his agent will be trying to make him look as a hot a property as he possibly can. He certainly will, yeah. Uh, I'd be disappointed to lose Malone, but I think we find ourselves in a position where Malone's good, but probably not quite good enough to be attracting Premier League interest from Palace. So I'm hoping something can be resolved fairly soon. I hope we don't have to cash in for him, but I sort of hope we do if it means him leaving for fuck all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're leaping around the stories, but I mean, I suppose you've got to look at the the other announcement this week, which caught my eye, which was the announcement of nine million pound losses for Mill Holdings PLC. Um, I think the vast bulk of that, and I haven't got the figures to hand, but the vast bulk of that was on wages uh, and some of the investments we've made in players over these past few years have been absolute folly, haven't they? I mean, for us to be Losing money on that scale is, is, as Andy Ambler's put it, unsustainable. And I suppose there's a temptation when you've got a a prospect like Malone, when you've got coverage, as many many are going to pull me up on this, with coverage like uh, Matthew Briggs, um, maybe the temptation to part with a a good player and cash take some money, that's the traditional Millwall way, isn't it? You have to be realistic about these things in some respect, but you also hope that one day we'll actually break this cycle of just trying to sell on our assets and, and try and make a long-term commitment to the players that we have. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, we were really kind of 
misguided in some of our transfer activity, not last summer, but the summer before that, I think that's really affecting us now. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember the wage bill, but it, it was coming in about half of that nine million loss. It was about so it's going to be four point something million pounds as, as, as the wage bill for Millwall Football Club. Um, if we were getting value from that investment, and if, if we were getting you know four million pounds worth of return on on those wages, which I, I dare say at championship level isn't isn't huge, then that would be one thing. But we, we haven't received value for for what we've paid out. We've almost had to lash aside together with sticky pay, you know um, sticky back paper and sellotape. It's it's um, it's heartbreaking when you I suppose you have got to look at the Lomas era for you know for some of these deals that have cost us so much. But you've also got to look at Kenny Jackett, haven't you? I mean, there was the, the infamous Daniel Gesson three-year deal, and you think when when the club's lashing out in that kind of way, it's no wonder we're losing money on this scale. Absolutely, but I also think that every single club takes risks, and uh, we have to take responsibility for the risks that we take and then just move on from them as well. Yeah. So, look, I mean, the club's got a dilemma then with Scott Malone, losing for nothing in the summer. If these um, rumoured moves are indeed true, Crystal Palace... And Cardiff, Palace can still, they will hope, offer him Premier League money, certainly for the last uh, few months of the campaign. Uh, and Cardiff, I suppose, um, I don't know where they are on the table, but they'll be uh, able to offer perhaps more than Millwall, FC can. So it's going to be an interesting story to follow because I think that's got to come to a head at some point soon. Moving on, uh, we've lost Nicky Bailey to an- yet another injury setback. I had- I can't believe we're going to see too much more of Nicky Bailey in our time, you and me, Charlie, do you? I don't think so. I think when he signed for us, there was serious question marks about his fitness anyway, and that seemed to improve. And even now, he's still getting injury uh, setbacks. So, yeah, I, I think he's probably going to feature very lightly for us if he does at all. And I was gutted that he didn't play today, actually. I think it would have been perfect occasion for him to feature. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I suppose if you are carrying a knock, a pitch like that wouldn't have been such a, a great movie. I think the problem now that we've got Sean Williams, uh, Nicky Bailey does look like a poor man, Sean Williams, doesn't he? I mean, by comparison with what Williams brings, um, he's, he's looking crocked and he's looking slightly past his uh, past his sell by date, really. But I can't see him making a comeback from this one, really. We might see him once or twice off the bench, but not as a starter, I don't think. No, we've we've mentioned a few times this season he's. We're actually quite well, um, for want of a better uh, phrase, well endowed in the midfield department. We'll, we'll get back to Edster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I yeah. think that's where he's going wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think the other department off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Nicky Bailey's out for um, some time. I don't know, a bit of an un- unnamed um, period of time. Uh, it's also interesting to see the return of Jermaine Easter into today's team as well. I mean, there's another story from News at Den, the, the return of Jermaine Easter back into the fold. Um, I, I, again, I, I don't mind Easter. I, I suppose the, the great criticism of Jermaine is that he he's a very OK striker, but nothing brilliant, isn't it, Charlie? just doesn't offer a lot in terms of cutting edge. I think you're putting a shift for you, but... At no point today did I really get the impression that he was going to provide us with the extra bit of quality that changed the circumstances of the game. No, I mean it's 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 um it's just yet yet another indictment of the Millwall goal scoring record. It's funny. I'm just looking at my notebook here. I, I did some notes for an article for the magazine, just doing the top scorers in the last few years, and it's quite a it's quite a litany of failure, really. I mean, we've got Steve Morrison last season with eight goals, which, given that Steve Morrison just a few years ago was returning twenties and fifteens, 
that was a failure. Then we got the the um, lunatic um, period of Chris Wood when he joined us for a couple of months and scored eleven goals. He was top scorer the season before. Um, and then oddly, um, Darius Henderson in in twenty eleven twelve with fifteen goals. But most of those goals goals were scored in two weeks in two sets of hat tricks. So we we've really struggled really since the classic Steve Morrison period to find anyone that can find the back of the net on a regular basis. It's almost becoming an endemic problem at the den, isn't it? I think so, but there, there are a different sort of feelings that I have on that. In one sense, it's bad because we're not scoring the goals, but sometimes I'd rather that than us have people that we expect something from not putting it in the back of the net. I, I think there's almost a comfort to be found in the idea that if we put the investment in a team and we actually bring in someone that we know who can score on a regular basis, things might change for the better. Yeah. I mean, the convention has it that if you've got a 20-goal-plus striker, you're probably going to be in the top half of the table. Absolutely. You're, you're probably going to be challenging near the near the, the business end. Um, but one thing I did notice, I think, was was it Ross McCormack for Leeds? Got some huge toll uh, haul last season, and they didn't really feature in any of it. So it doesn't necessarily follow, but in general it probably will. Um, and certainly it's an area where we've struggled, and we continue to struggle. Um, and you know, even today, I mean, we haven't found the back of the net again. And, and Ricardo Fuller remains a top scorer with just just a return of three so far for the season. So um, the holy grail search for continues, doesn't it? Yeah, I still maintain that we need the investment there. But I think you're right in what you say. You have to make sure it's the right player too. So there's always that fine balance that uh, Holloway and the people running the club need to find. I'm just looking at our list of, of items to talk about and one that's... I've not put any notes against it, so I'm just trying to think of something interesting to say about former Bolton winger Chris Eagles turning down a mill contract offer. Uh, the only thing I can think of to say is fuck him. I mean, if, if he doesn't want to come to us and he wants to go to Blackpool, that speaks volumes for the man. And he's, he's, well, his taste, you know, what more can you say if that, that's where he wants to go to? I quite agree. I was amazed that we were even linked with him in the first place, considering the amount of abuse he used to get down there. So, plus, yeah. you know, I mean, I suppose Lee Gregory is seen as the the goal scorer, the answer to the conundrum we've just posed, um, and I think he possibly could be. Um, but he's, he's clearly struggling at the moment, given the way we're having to play. So he's not going to get the goals as things stand. Also, the lone striker role doesn't seem to be you know conducive to him getting getting a, a, a hefty haul. But we're looking at Chris Eagles when, you know, you think, well, shouldn't we be looking for someone that actually knows where the back of the net is? Ian Holloway, well, you know, that's, that's, his, that's his call, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Whether or not it's actually his fault, he will be judged on that. If we're not scoring enough goals and it has detrimental effects on the results, the, the harsh truth of it is that his job will be under pressure. So he needs to find something, whether it actually be in the squad itself or elsewhere things have to change up front I'm afraid very much true well one thing that will change up front from January is that referee is going to use this vanishing spray to mark out the, the 10 metres was it 10 metres or was it 10 yards so 10 yards I think isn't it still yeah um, and they, they do a little semicircle around the where the ball goes that's a good thing I, I think it's I think it's a, a good move it makes things quite simple and obvious do you, do you have any strong views about the vanishing shaving foam that gets put on the pitch Charlie uh, not particularly. I just wish we'd have more opportunities where the referees will be using it in our fucking favour. <laughs> Bit of a non-story. That's a hard one to get much <laughs> out of. They really wouldn't. I was hoping for some really witty riposte to that, but anyway, we move on. Um, 
Youth football. I, I don't really ever haven't really ever been to many youth games, but the Mill Under 18s are going to host Newcastle United in the third round of the FA Youth Cup, and that's the day after the Brighton away fixture on December the 12th. So this is a 3 p.m. kickoff at the Den on the Saturday afternoon. So that sounds like quite a nice possible Saturday afternoon out rather than going shopping or something. Um, and I think Newcastle are playing. Arsenal in the afternoon the 5.30 kickoff. so I think the club have pitched it quite well in the yeah. hope their crowd will show so let's hope that's a success because I think that's quite an imaginative timing Yeah, I went to watch us play uh, Sheffield United in the Youth Cup last yeah. year that was fairly decent because I think there was a real feeling around the club that we were getting a bit of youth recruitment in that was worth watching and that there was a little bit of uh, emphasis being placed on it and I think that's only increased this year so I expect to be there to be a decent turnout for this, and, and Newcastle have got quite an acclaimed youth setup themselves at the moment. Yeah, they so do. Tie. They do. So well done to the club because I think that's that's you know make, making the best of a, a situation that's kind of um, falling into their lap slightly, but to exploit it, I think is a good move. And and, and I just want to say well done to the club for yeah. for, for doing that. Um, hopefully, it'll get a crowd of, of a good few thousand to uh, to make it make it justified. So, and, and finally, an and finally item that I've put on our list here, Charlie. Um, I don't know if you saw any of this or you read about any of this, but there was a London Live TV, which is the Evening Standards. Um, I don't think anyone watches it, but it's a channel devoted purely to London news. So I think they're looking for anything they can get that gets their name out there and gets their name in front of people's faces. But they've put the boot into the Mill Online forum this week. They've... Um, gone onto the forum and picked up on a few um, ill-worded tweets, let's be quite honest, uh, uh, posts rather, from one or two on there we won't name, but they've really gone to town on on, on that forum and they, they really did a hatchet job on it. I don't know if you've seen any of the any of the stuff online, but um, I do feel for those that run Mill online, so I know they're all good Mill fans over there. Yeah, I did watch the report and to be honest, my impression is that uh, London Live can go and fuck themselves, to be honest, because... They acknowledge at the beginning of this that this is an unedited forum, so it gives people the opportunity to put whatever they want on there, whether people like it or not. And I think uh, the insinuation they're making is that we are all uh, homophobic, racist thugs, and this is just another hatchet job, as you say. It's an easy target, and, and I, I sometimes think that you know, if, if you go onto any internet forum. Which isn't real life. Um, they're, they're cartoons, in my opinion. Yeah. Some of the stuff on there is worth reading. A lot of it is absolute it's, it's bollocks, but some of it's entertaining bollocks at times. But if you go into, I, I can't believe you cannot go into any club in, in in this country, let alone London, and take a slice of what you know. Unless you're going to be on there twenty four hours a day, sorting out every single post that goes on there. You're not. You're going to. You're telling me you're not going to pick up something somewhere. It's because it's got the name of Millwall attached to it. And London Live TV, no one would watch in any other walk of life on any other day of the week. They suddenly get a story that people now click on their little video link and they're getting numbers. And that's what this is all about because it's just an easy target, isn't it? Absolutely. I wouldn't wish to, um, you know, endorse anything that someone's put on there that's genuinely out of order or hateful. But I think the whole point is that what control is there? as to what someone chooses to put on the internet forum. You're going to get ignorance, you're going to get humour, you're going to get all sorts of comments, and if they're trying to insinuate that that is a reflection of everyone who supports the club, then they're absolutely wrong. People, it, it, the internet's a funny thing, though, isn't it? I mean, it, it's a most odd 
uh, medium in many ways because it's got all that's the best in life on there and all the worst as well. And people become different animals when they get behind a keyboard. It is, it is this idea that what you're saying in email or on on a, online is is some there's a buffer between you and reality, uh, which people wouldn't say or wouldn't dream of saying face to face. And a lot of what gets posted on on all the message boards and, and indeed on Twitter actually when you look through that, it's. If you take it seriously, you'd have a nervous breakdown because you'd be lurching from one extreme to another within seconds. You know, there's there's always something, someone somewhere is posting that's going to make someone somewhere angry. And if you if you're going to start chasing that, and I'm not saying don't chase after I don't know, you know, outright incitement and, and real threats to do stuff and some of the things that you read about in the newspapers every day of the week, but. Get a grip, you know. Get a sense of perspective. This is this is a Millwall website that's probably read by, if it's a few hundred um, readers, I'd be surprised. I agree, and I think as well as that, it smacks of there's just not a stick available to beat us with at the moment. So this is the route they've chosen to take. Yeah, easy. So fuck you, London Live TV. Um, I might even copy you in on that when uh, when we uh, when we stick this broadcast out tomorrow. Um, fantastic stuff, Charlie. That's 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 the uh, that's the show. You going to Bournemouth next week, mate? I'm not actually. I'm afraid I can't make it. But well, I'm really fu- worried about the turnout of that result, to be honest. So. Well, I'm going. If I'm recovered from my Ebola Cholton virus, I'm going to make it down. I've got a train ticket book, so I'm going to go down there. So hopefully, we'll have a show from that, and let's hope for another good, a good performance. If we can contain down there, they're a decent side. Then anything survival's possible. That's that's our first priority this season, isn't yeah. it? Survival. If we can do that next season, especially with 24 players becoming available for uh, shifting on in the summertime, then we should be seeing a very different Millwall next season. Totally agree. Thanks a lot, Charlie. I really appreciate your time tonight, mate. That's fantastic. Cheers, Nick. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.